guys, welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm Caitlin Adams, and this is where you'll hear sermons from me, Madison Lackey, Grant Giddens, and other guest speakers. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Let's go. I truly see as perfect, and I thought of a couple. It was hard to come up with, and I thought of a couple. So the first thing I consider perfect in this world is my cat. Um, This is Ollie. He is perfect to me. He's giant. He's one of the biggest cats I've ever seen. And he's super fluffy, and he's perfect. And the next thing I consider perfect is this very specific combination of things. Starbucks and Target, specifically the Starbucks inside of the Targets, I deem the best Starbucks there are. Um, If you've ever wondered what I do in my free time, it's this. This is mostly what I do. Um, And the next thing, I think some of you guys might agree with me here, another thing I consider perfect is the fact that we caught the moment of a lot of you guys picking Grant up and running him outside and dumping a jug of ice water on top of him. The fact that we caught that on surveillance camera in the church and we can watch it forever. Another thing I consider to be perfect. Um, I think a lot of us might agree. It's pretty great. Also, the fact that it wasn't me that had the water dumped on me. Almost was, but I also consider that part perfect. Um, But the reality is, although these things I consider to be pretty perfect in my life, um, the reality is that perfection does not exist, okay? Even though these things seem perfect to me, it does not exist in our world. Perfection does not actually exist. So that's something I want us to start and really get that in our brain because that's just very important for this talk and in life. That perfection does not exist. And so my challenge for us this week is to to know that what's better than perfection is growth. Um, That that growing is better than perfection is ever going to be, and we're going to learn so much more than that. Because to be honest, how much do we expect perfection from ourselves and of our lives? Because I know that when I was y'all's age, it was expected of me quite a bit. In school, I was a gymnast when I was y'all's age, and I mean, people are obsessed with perfection in that world, and I know that that can be true for a lot of other sports as well. Um, we're expected perfection at school and in sports. And if you play a musical instrument, I'm sure that you feel that a lot. Or um, vocals or people who perform in any way, theater, music, um, just all these things that you guys do every day and you are absolutely incredible at, a lot of times you feel like this expectation of perfection is there. Um, and, and what happens when we aren't hitting that mark that we're setting for ourselves? I sometimes think that, that we get caught up in this thinking that I must be perfect to consider myself worthwhile. And that's a really dangerous space to dwell in when we let our thoughts enter that, into that mind space of that I have to be perfect to consider myself worthy. Um, And I think that in that space is a lot of times where these lies come at us. These insecurities start to fester. 
and, and we think things about ourselves that just aren't true. And so I challenge us to get rid of that mindset that we have to be perfect and, that, and to replace it with a growth mindset. And so what I mean by that is um, when we have a growth mindset, we are looking towards God in the situation that we're in. So, because God, we know that God can work anywhere. God can work no matter how low we feel or how imperfect we feel. And, um, and this can be in anything. This can be in relationships that feel imperfect, um, situations and places that feel imperfect, and in the things within ourselves um, that feel imperfect. Because, because God is working everything for our good no matter how imperfect we feel or how imperfect our situation might be, God can use it. God can use anything. And so, and so we're going to talk about um, Paul again this week. Um, and so we know that God uses imperfect people. He does this all throughout the Bible. Um, he transforms people. He redeems people. He does it every day. God can use imperfect people. Um, and so last week when we, when we talked about Paul, uh, we, we were in Acts, and we talked about his wonderful transformation on the road to Damascus. And um, it's arguably one of the coolest transformations in the Bible. And Paul goes from persecuting Christians to being an incredible like preacher of the gospel and spreading God's love and God's word. Um, and so... Through, you know, all the imperfections that he had, God transformed and redeemed him. And so not only does God use imperfect people, he uses imperfect situations. So um, this week, we are going to spend some time in Philippians. And so a little bit of background on Philippians. Um, it is a letter that Paul is writing to the Philippi. And it is a really joyful letter. If you spend some time in Philippians, it'll, it'll probably make you really happy. It's, it's very joyful, all about God's love and God's love for his people. Um, and, and it's just filled with, with joy, essentially. But the irony of this is that Paul wrote this letter to the Philippi from prison. He was in a Roman prison as he wrote this letter. So not exactly the place that you would expect a joy-filled letter to be written. Um, and so I'm going to start in Philippians 1.6, in the first chapter, verse 6, and it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul is confident in here. That, that key word is confidence. That Paul is confident that no matter how imperfect his situation may be, that God is working in big ways. He knows this even from prison, that, that God is working in the lives of these people in big ways. He began a good work in you, and he will carry it to completion. That, that once we give our lives to Jesus Christ, that it does not end there, and that it grows every day. It's not perfect all the time, but it's always growing. And then he continues to say in Philippians 1.7, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, 
all of you share in God's grace with me. And so this is the new space that we have when we step into our life with Jesus. It's, it's grace. That's where we live. Um, this, this is the space that we live that allows us that growth and allows us to take on that growth mindset. And then finally, in um, chapter 1, verse 9, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And I'm going to read that one more time. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and of insight. I want us to think of that as our goal. When you are caught up in in perfection and how you're falling short of that perfection, I want you to think of this instead. That how can I grow so that my love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth and insight? Because when that happens, then that's when we start to transform like Christ. When our heart and our mind are in sync and we are able to see what the Lord has for us and how he's working through us and how he is continuing the good work that he started. Perfection is not our goal. Um, And so our goal is to be so deeply rooted in Christ that we can also love more like Christ. Like he said, our love abounds. And that we take that love that we feel from God that he's freely given us in his grace. And that that it it controls what we do. And and it pours out of us. But how do we do this? Because this, I mean, it's easy to talk about. It sounds really great. But it is really hard. And so this week, or last week, I, something hit me, um, and it kind of demonstrated this idea to me. And so I'm going to try to demonstrate it to you guys here on stage instead of me doing it at my house earlier because I, that that be, I thought that would be a little bit cooler, but I don't know how it's going to go. But a lot of you guys know about me, may know about me, that I'm horrible at taking care of plants. I kill them all, like all of them. I've never met a plant that I haven't killed yet. And today's the day. I'm going to change that, okay? Because I have this basil plant. There it is. This basil plant, I bought it a few weeks ago, and I have it here. I am going to clear this table a little bit so I don't get dirt all over the lovely um, song lyrics and chords that we don't want to ruin. Okay. So here is the basil plant live. Here he is. And my ring is caught in this bag. Okay, so here he is. He's alive. That's the good news. I haven't killed him yet. So this is my basil plant. I buy it because I don't know better, and I think that I can, I can grow it and raise it. I do it all the time. Um, but this one's going to be different. So I, I love basil. I love cooking with basil. I love putting basil on my sandwiches. So I always like to have it around. So I'm like, how great would it be if I could grow it? And, um, but the problem is, it's, I'm not doing well. As you can see, it's drooping. It's dry. It looks fragile. It looks frail. It's not doing great. Um, and honestly, I looked at this basil plant one day, and I was like, Sometimes I feel a lot like this basil plant. I feel, I feel fragile and, and just weak. And like I'm not 
able in those spaces to live out my purpose like I would want to. Because, I mean, it's alive. You can eat it. Um, I have eaten it recently because I was desperate. Um, You can eat it, but it's not going to taste like the fresh, vibrant basil that I want. It's not doing that. It's drooping all over the place, and it's not able to serve its full purpose. And then when I was thinking about this, so I kind of tried to salvage it by doing, like, the worst hack ever. And I would water it every day. I was like, I'm going to bring this thing back to life. And I watered it every day. And the water would just run straight through it. So I put a Tupperware underneath it to keep the water contained. Didn't work. And then some more irony I found. I asked my sister-in-law, who's an incredible gardener, I was like, how do I save this thing? And she's like, well, I keep telling you, you have to put it in a bigger pot so it can grow. And I was like, oh yeah, why can't I put it in a bigger pot? Because as shown, the plant I've already killed is in my bigger pot, literally staring at it from the glass. Like, I did not move anything. This is exactly how they were sitting 24 hours ago in my kitchen. Like, in my kitchen window, they can see each other. The dead plant is staring at the almost dead plant, showing it its destiny is what's happening. And I have that plant here with us today. Here he is. Yep, he's gone. He's, he has no hope left, as you can see. And its roots are literally hanging out of the bottom, which I discovered today when I moved it. Really gross. Its roots are not planted in anything at all. It's completely dead. And it got me thinking of what it's like when you begin your new life with Jesus Christ, okay? Some days we're alive, we can function. We know Jesus, we know what he can do for us, and we know the goodness he has in our life, but we're distracted. We're staring at the old life, the old ways. We're staring it in the face, and we can't see all the goodness in store for us. It's, the, it's our past, it's our insecurities, it's our, our failures, our worries, our anxieties, staring us in the face, the lies that we're believing. But Jesus tells us that we are dead to this. This is no longer what lives in us. It is, it is gone, and we got to make room for the new. But we can't do that when, when all these things that dwell up in our mind are still in our pot, much like me. So, all right, I promise you guys I'm going to do my very best to keep this thing alive. So step one, we've got to throw it away. There we go. The old is gone. And I borrowed some dirt from the church. in this trash can. All right. I don't even know how to do this, but we're going to try. Yep, this is God's dirt. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. This is holy dirt, you guys. It's going to work. Okay. And then I'm going to take the new plant. You loosen it? 
You have to, oh, thank goodness you guys are here to witness this moment. I would have done it all wrong. How loose do they need to be? Really loose? You think that's good? It's falling apart? Okay. Okay. Another metaphor. Sometimes we got to fall apart before we get better. Didn't see that one coming. Okay. And then we'll cover it back up. I don't know. Does somebody want to throw me out a name? Okay, we got Bobby and Kevin. Well, okay, I like Bobby the Basil. His middle name can be Kevin. Bobby Kevin Basil. Okay. There we go. So, thank you. It is alive. Okay. And so, in, um, in Romans chapter 6. So when I was thinking about this basil plant, I thought a lot about Romans chapter 6. And it says, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live any longer? That old basil plant that is now in this trash can finally has, it cannot live any longer. It cannot live inside of us any longer. It is gone. And then in Romans Chapter 6, verse 11, it says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are dead to those old ways. We don't have to let them dwell in our space. We don't have to let them sit in our pot any longer. Um, we, don't, we don't want to uh, let these things, these insecurities, our fears, our anxieties, any of that take up any more space in our heart or in our flower pot. And so what I want you guys to challenge to do, what I want you guys to be challenged to do is that when you find yourselves facing these insecurities and not not reaching these marks of perfection, I want you to, instead of thinking about all the downfalls, all the failures, I want you to examine what space do I need to grow What is distracting me? What is hindering me from being in a space where I can plant my roots and grow? Because here, hopefully in a couple days, I'm going to eat that basil and it's going to taste really good. That that basil has purpose now. It's not going to be dried up and limp and flavorless. It's going to add flavor to my dishes and smell amazing in my house. And, and live to its full purpose. So what space do we need to make in our lives, in our hearts, to, to do that, to live our purpose and to serve our purpose? Because God's began a good work in you. God's began a good work in all of us. And he's going to see it out to completion. We have to know that so deeply rooted in us and, and create that space. Um, and so a few lies that we might believe that I want us to replace with God's truth, um, much like my basil plant. So first lie, 
is thinking I'm a mess. When we think we're falling short of these imperfections, we can think this all the time. All these things are going wrong. We're not measuring up in all these different ways. We're just thinking, I'm a mess. But that's not true. God says that you are redeemed. You have been replanted. You are made new. Your roots can plant and grow. God says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. We all fall short. We all let our basil plants go a little frail sometimes. But that does not change anything about us. It doesn't make us any less loved or any less redeemed by Christ. And the next thing is, I am worthless. Sometimes when we think that we're not perfect, we're worthless. But that's not true either. God says we are summoned. In Isaiah 43.1, God says, Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. You are mine. When we can create the proper space to grow, when we can, when we can take where we, are, where we are, no matter how imperfect it might feel, no matter how imperfect the situation, the place, the people, no matter what's going on, God's using it. God's growing it. He's still summoned you, and we're still, we're still walking in that. Um, and so these, these truths, I just want us to dwell in them this week. Um, and I want us to also be thinking this week as we wrap up our identity series, how do we encourage each other in these? How can we reach out to a trusted friend when we feel these ways, and we need to be reminded by somebody we love and somebody we trust who God says we are. How can we be that for each other? Like, like we talked about last week, how do we be torchbearers for each other? How do we help each other replace these lies that we believe about ourselves with God's truth? Um, so just remember that God began a good work in you, and he will complete it. Please pray with me. Lord, uh, we, we know that, that you live within us and that your Holy Spirit is, is growing us. Help us to tap into that. Help us to plant our roots in a space where we can grow, where, where we're not distracted, we're not hindered by, by anything that drags us down, our fears, our insecurities, these lies. Help us to live in your truth and your grace and carry that out in our own lives and help and help those we love when, when we see them start to stumble. In Jesus' name, amen.